Amen and amen. You guys may be seated in the house. I'm going to jump right in today. Uh, today actually is, it is the 23rd um, church anniversary for Live the Life Church, which is my parents' church on the southeast side of San Antonio, Texas. 23 years of ministry. And uh, we are six years in on Pearl Street Church and I already have a gray beard. I'm getting the gray beard. It explains 23 years on my dad, you know, and I understand, I understand now everything's white now. Everything is white now. But uh, uh, if you don't know, uh, I served in student ministry at my parents' church for um, uh, nine years. I think it was nine, almost 10 years um, in student ministry. Uh, and then um, uh, this crazy idea of Pearl Street Church came of. Uh, uh, as an opportunity, and I stepped into it, and here we are six years later on that. So uh, they have literally birthed Live the Life Church and uh, literally birthed me. So there is a lot to uh, be thankful for, and the beauty of each generation is their ability to appreciate the generations that have gone before them, to know that there's giants that we stand upon the backs of, uh, that gives us the proper perspective that, you know, uh, our stuff does stink, and uh, we are not all it on a corn dog stick. Uh, there is people that have gone before us that have done incredible things that have positioned us for the success that we live in here today. And so today, I'm just appreciative of parents uh, that literally cashed out their 401k. They literally, our, our mission statement, or like our, our anthem for this year is all in. As Pearl Street Church, we're all in, literally all of us in, but they literally went all in with everything to launch a church on the southeast side of San Antonio. And here they are 23 years later, and the faithfulness of God is upon their church, upon their lives, and I am thankful for that, very thankful for that. So if you could do something on my behalf, this is what I want to do today. I want to flood my parents with unbelievable, uh, with a, a, an egregious amount of appreciation for them. If Pearl Street Church has meant something to you, it's meant something to you, okay? I get that, you know, there, some people are like, I'm just here, man. I'm just here for the, for the ride, okay? But I'm talking about owners in the house that Pearl Street Church means something to you. You're a giver. You serve inside of this house. You know, you care about this place. You pray for it. You invite your friends to it. Like, you're an owner in this house. You're not a spectator. You're not a spectator. You're not just showing up to be like, oh, this is cool. But you're here because, like, this is your church. You're building this house. If that's you, Go on Facebook or Instagram, look up Melissa Cadell or Steve Cadell, and just give a thank you to them. Thank you so much for launching Pearl Street Church. This is what it's meant towards me. I want to just onslaught of them just being like, oh my gosh, there's like 500 people that like told us thank you. And it was, I want them to be like dumbfounded, like I don't understand what's going on. And then I'll tell you guys what their, their reaction is, okay? I just want to freak them out and then have them like confused and then I'll tell you the bewilderment that they live in. Okay, cool. I may even film it. Be like, hey, so I heard your Instagram account and your Facebook got shut down because you had too many comments going on. <laughs> so it's going to be good. But we live in appreciation here today. And um, today, if you want to write notes, you can write this across the top of your paper. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. Um, and, and we've been having a conversation over the past couple weeks. And, and uh, you know, uh, I'm... I'm, I'm God is leading me into a place in this season, and I'm just being really clear coming out of COVID uh, that, you know, where we are at as a society 
is uh, it's a very, it's a pivotal moment in time. And I don't believe that it's by chance that you and I are existent in this century right now because God knows all things. He sees the beginning and the end. He is the alpha and omega. He is higher. He sees bigger. He sees the beginning and the end, right? If you just look at a line, we can draw a line, but he sees the beginning of that line and the end of that line in history, okay? And so he knew where we would fit at on this timeline before Jesus Christ shows up. And he understands the complexity of the society we live in here today and the philosophy that is the overwhelming philosophies that are at play inside of our society, whether it's a secular humanistic. These are two different philosophies that are prevalent. Obviously, there's many. But the secular humanistic philosophy that has taken root inside of our society underneath the nose of maybe believers over the last 50 years. And then we have a Christian or a biblical worldview, a philosophy, and these two things are battling it out right now. That is for sure. Two different concepts and ideas on how the world, like what is the issue with the world? What's the problem with the world? Why are people here? And then what is the solution? And we've been talking this through, right? And in week number one, you know, we talked about um, that the uh, God is create. He's the creator. This is not a random set of circumstances that you and I exist, right? That's a massive leap of faith just to think like a boom happened and then boom, I'm here, right? Sometimes I feel like that when I wake up. I'm like, bam, hello, somebody. But the reality is <laughs> there's intelligent design behind all of this. It just can't just happen, right? We're just this like soup of things and then all of a sudden a billion years happens and then bam, like, Right? That just, this doesn't just happen, right? They didn't just wake up and look that good, right? There is an intelligent creator that has created beauty in all that we see. As Roman, one's talk, Roman 1 talks about, we, 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 uh, we talked about in week number one, you can see the invisible and the divine qualities in creation. I told you, I went to Utah, I saw some invisible and divine qualities in creation. It's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I may be coming up with a whole brand based off of that concept right there. I was so inspired. I'm over here like drawing stuff in Utah. Like, oh my God. Okay, we're going to do this brand. It's going to be called this. I got a whole thing listed out. already bought the domain, so I'm not even going to say what it is. Nobody can steal my idea. I got you, snipers. Sniping. But what does it say in Romans? That humans decided to deny the very God's existence, they should know by seeing it in creation. He didn't, he didn't have to do anything else. But because of that, they denied and pushed themselves into making their own gods and being their own gods, and God gave them over to all kinds of madness, right? And you can see that throughout history. When people push away from God long enough, God gives them over to their, to their desires. That's why people say, how can a loving God send people to hell? And I say, there is not a loving God that sends people to hell. There's a loving God that allows people to choose hell. We can live a life away from God on this in our entire existence. And God just says, if you want to live away from me, then I will give you over to the abundance of your desires and you will forever live away from me. That's not a loving God's decision. That's our decision. It's our decision to say we want to be our own gods. We want to live by our own rules. We don't want to live in alignment with the righteousness of God. We want to live on the whims of our desires. That is a secular philosophy. That is not a biblical philosophy. The biblical philosophy is there is a creator that in his kingdom has bounds, has order. Just like in this country, there is order for what purpose? Predictable outcomes. I know that you, because you get mad at me, you aren't going to take a gun and shoot me because there is a law in place that holds you accountable. And we can all agree that that is a truth, right? Killing is wrong. It's murder, 
right? So we have this idea inside of here, and we've been talking about it over the last couple of weeks, that we as Christians have to have a clear biblical worldview. And if we don't have a clear biblical worldview, a secular world will offer alternative ideas and philosophies that are contrary to our biblical beliefs. And if they're said long enough, we will begin to believe them, right? Now I'll say this on the, on the front end. This is where, like, just this idea right here. This idea right here. Okay, if you are an individual, a lady in here that has had a, an abortion before, there is a redemptive work of Christ for that decision right there, right? It, it, I, I believe biblically it is a wrong decision to make to take an innocent child's life. But Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and my sins. It's all sin, right? It's the redemptive work of Christ. But if it is said long enough in our society that it is okay, it is a woman's choice to obliterate a life on the inside of a body. As believers, we will begin to believe the lie. If we don't have that clear biblical worldview to say, no, 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 our God says that he forms and fashions every child on the inside of a womb. We're not going to live on the point zero 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 one percent of rape where a child is born out of whatever, maybe incest or rape, the point one zero 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 one percent and say we're going to create a law that makes it available for millions of babies to be killed. No, we're believers and we stand firm upon biblical belief that every child is created in the image of God and God forms and fashions those children on the inside of every womb. And our, it's not our choice to eliminate that. Our choice is to live in righteousness. Our choice is to say we want to walk pure, right? We want to live pure. We want to be sexually pure. We don't want to live according to the world's idea of sexual promiscuity, living in a world where we can just anybody, everybody at any moment in time. We want to live in righteousness, which is purity. Marriage is between one woman and one man. And in that relationship, there's a intimacy that goes down that then creates life out of there that God says, be fruitful and multiply. And through us, we inhabit the earth. We hold the integrity, right? We are the salt of the earth. We hold the integrity of God's righteousness as a people, as a family, as we raise them up, as they live here on this earth, as they change their schools and their workplaces. And in this atmosphere of living as Christ's followers, we hold the integrity of the righteousness of God here on this earth. But the world will tell you, live on the whim. Do whatever you want to do. Allow chaos to ensue upon the earth. And then we will make every excuse in the book for why it is okay. There is order inside of this kingdom. There is a king and there is a kingdom. And we live inside of that. We are a part of the kingdom of God as children of God. Amen. And so we live in a world that if we don't have a clear biblical worldview, we can fall victim to the lies of the culture in which we live in. It is very easy to fall susceptible to the lies of the enemy that exist in our cultures here today, right? Many of us, now, okay, I'm, I'm just moving on. I'm moving on. I'm not even into my message yet, so I'm just going to move on. I'm like, I wanted to keep on going there. I'm like, man, Jesus, where my Holy, Holy Spirit? Now, okay, cool. You ever been in a moment in your life where, um, you were watching somebody do something. Maybe it was a child, maybe it was a coworker, and you were watching them do something, and uh, you, you were watching them fail big time, right? And you're sitting on this side as a parent and or a, a mentor or a boss, and you're watching somebody try to do something in which 
you are well-versed in. Isn't it the hardest thing in life to watch people fail in something in which it is very easy for you to do? That is very hard, especially as a parent. As a parent, you're watching your kids, you're like, just put the square in the square hole. Like trying to put it in the star or the triangle. You're like, what are you doing? Are you stupid? You know, you start getting all frustrated. Even in your workplace, when you're mentoring somebody and you have experience over several years, you ever got into it like where you're trying to help somebody out and you're like, okay, so first you got to do this. And then you start thinking about the 30 steps that it takes to do it. All of a sudden, that moment, you're like, do I want to spend 30 steps? It's five minutes a step. Do I want to be here for the next four hours? Get out of my way. I'm just going to do it myself, right? (laughs) It's the hardest thing in life to be patient and watch people fail in which you care for and you want them to succeed. But the only way people develop develop is through experience. If you step in with your children every single time and rip the square block out of their hand and say, dummy, you're an idiot. Hello, you definitely are your mama's child, okay? No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. And you guys got, right? Joking, okay? Heather's not in this service. She's at my father's church this morning honoring them. I can say that, okay? No, she is the brains, okay? She's the doctor, clearly. She is the brains, okay? But if we step in and do that, we stunt their growth. They'll get, an, they'll get an incompetent complex, right? I'm incompetent to accomplish this task. This task. They'll never develop the strength and the courage in order to keep on trying and keep on pushing forward and keep on accomplishing and keep on learning, right? If we constantly step in. There's a lot of parents out here that parent like that. Let me remove you from the pain so you never have to experience the... Uh, Uh, the consequences of your decisions or your inability. I'll always save you. Don't have to worry about it. Mom and dad are here. What happens when they get into their first day at college and you aren't there? There's a lot of Christian parents that get really frustrated when their little cute kids that they've protected for so long show up at college and live la vida loca. (laughs) Right? There was no development of character and integrity based on the own individual's ideas and concepts that they would live something based on the truth of something. They were living something based on the truth of their parents. They fall victim to it. You ever been there before? I think we've all been there before where people have stepped in and tried to stunt our growth. Right? Anybody tries to step in like you made a bad decision. Don't let anybody step in. And take the penalty of that. Take it full on. Be like, I'm gonna take it like I'm, I'm gonna take it like an adult. Okay, I was gonna say take it like a man, but that gets a little. It's not based on a gender. Okay, <laughs> take it like an adult, right? I'm going to take this on. Then I'm gonna take the responsibility of this. You know, I think sometimes God is like that with us. You know, I think God has been like that for a millennia. God has been like that with His people. You think about the time of Noah. He's like, man, I created everything. You are here, you are in perfection, you are in this beauty, and your hearts are turning away from me, your creator. You want to worship other things? Ah, well, guess what? I'm just going to allow, you know, this rain to fall. It's never fallen before, and I'm just going to just take a reset. We're going to have a a human reset. Cool. Think about the time of Moses, right? Children of Israel walking away from God. Moses, oh. Cool, we're going to have a reset, okay? In the middle of the desert, you don't want to follow me. You want to create your own gods? What? 
okay, we're going to have a, this entire generation is going to die. I think God looks down at earth sometimes. He's like, how many times do I have to show you? How many times do you have to face consequences? How many times do you have to walk through challenges before you learn that just because you're blessed does not mean you can walk out of alignment with righteousness? Because the wages of sin is death. The consequences of out of alignment is you will not be a blessed, right? He says, if you follow these commandments, then I will bless you. Clearly, these are statements. Jesus says, if you build your life upon these principles, then when the storms come, your world will not fall apart. But we find ourselves constantly saying, no, I think we got a better idea. I think we know better, God. We, we love you. Thank you for giving me life. Thank you for breathing life into my lungs. Thank you for whatever it is, right? We're born in America. Amen. Thank you for this blessed nation. Thank you for the prosperity we live in. Thank you. And sometimes we can live in arrogance to be like, but I don't think we necessarily need you. I think we can walk away from you. I think we can go about it our own way. And I truly believe in this society we live in here today that we have a whole generation that likes the idea of Jesus as a savior to give them a pass towards eternal life. But they do not like Jesus as Lord that would indicate how they should live in life. I think a lot of people like the idea of I'm saved from my sin, that life gets easier. The reality is Jesus didn't say life gets easier. He just says you have me through it. So here we are today in a world that is extremely challenged. You can't look around and not see complex issues all around us. Doesn't matter what you look at here in our world today, a secular philosophy is all over the world here today. And with that, it is our responsibility as Christians to be engaged, to be activated, to be a part of the solution to stand up for our faith, be individuals that don't back down, be individuals that believe that the answer, the answer to the world's problem is Jesus. So number one, if you want to write it down, Jesus was the answer, Jesus is the answer, and Jesus will be the answer. Jesus was the answer, he is the answer, and he will be the answer. He is yesterday, he is today, he is forever. He will, he was, he will, and he will be. It is in Jesus. Think about Colossians 1, verse number 11. It says this. We also pray that you will be strengthened with his glorious power. This is Paul writing to the church in Colossae. He says this, this glory power, so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. You may be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people. We live in, in the light. We live in the light. Okay, that's a key statement I want you to hear. We live in the light. Knowing Jesus Christ, we live in the light. Believers of Jesus Christ, saved by grace through the blood shed blood of Jesus Christ, we are living in the light. We are no longer in darkness. Okay, we're in the light. So it says, for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Verse number 15. And I'm going to read, I'm gonna read uh, large portions of scripture here today, and I'll, I'll chop it up. But uh, if you want to go with me, Colossians 1, you can read with me inside of here. So verse number 15, it says this, especially with the screen. The screen would normally be back here, and you can kind of just sit back, but 
You're probably gonna have to like get the phone out and rock and roll and pull your Bible and rock the roll, okay? So Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. Okay, these are bold statements being made. If you are a Christian here today, you have a biblical worldview. You're, the principles and the word of God is what is dictating your life. It is your belief system. This right here in Colossians, Paul is writing to the church of Colossae, writing to these churches, indicating the truth about Christ. He says Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Invisible God, Christ appeared in body form as the visible image of God, okay? It says that he existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. He is supreme over all creation, okay? This is getting tense. It says, for, the, uh, for through him, God created everything in the heavenly realm and on earth. The heavenly here on earth. The triune God was existent. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, right? Were existent in the foundation of the earth. It says, as he made the things that we can see and the things we can't see, right? We do not war against flesh and blood, but against principalities of the unseen world. There is the visible world, there is the unseen world. These two things are battling against each other and have been from the existence of, uh, or the fall, uh, the time of the fall of man. When the devil was cast out of heaven. These things have been existent. So the visible world and the invisible world. It says this, he made the things we can see and the things that we cannot see, such, a, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. Through him and everything was created for him. Okay. So this is, is getting real. It is Jesus is king. He's supreme. He's created all. He existed in the beginning. He's created in the unseen and the unseen world. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Jesus holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. Amen. I'm not the head of the church. Jesus is the head of the church. Thank God, because I'm jacked up. I got problems, okay? Don't ask my wife, but I got problems. But thank God that Jesus is the head of his church, and he is building his church. We'll talk about that a little bit later, which is the body of Christ. He is the beginning, the supreme over all who rise from the dead. He is the uh, first in everything. Verse number 19, for God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. God, Father God in all his fullness was pleased to dwell in Christ in the body form. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. There's a reconciliation process of sinful, broken, unrighteous man that God, through this right here is speaking, God is rectifying all of humanity through Jesus Christ. All of humanity is reconciled through Jesus Christ. Does that mean you're getting that? The world is rectified through Jesus Christ. He says he made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. He made everything in heaven and on earth. Uh, he made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood. God did that, okay? So it is in Christ. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were the enemy separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. That's through Jesus Christ that we have peace with God. Amen. Through the bloodshed of Christ, the 
So this is, I mean, this is beautiful. This is where we have right standing with God. It's through Jesus Christ. Verse 23 says, but you must continue to believe in this or believe this truth and stand firm in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. Okay. So this right here is giving a clear picture that Jesus always had, has been the answer. He is the answer now and he will always be the answer. Humans have existed in a wrong state of relationship with God when we chose to go our own way, as Romans 1 talks about, and you can read in Genesis 3. These two things are existent. We have chose our own way. But God in his infinite wisdom, seeing the beginning and the end, said, I'm sending myself down to bring peace to all the earth, everything. It is through Jesus Christ that you have right standing. I love on the back end to hear what Paul says. You have been reconciled to your creator through Jesus Christ. The last thing he says is, don't forget it. Don't forget it. Don't forget that you are reconciled, that all of humanity is reconciled. Peace on earth comes through reconciliation in Jesus Christ. No other way. The secular mindset will say, Humans have the ability. It is the human responsibility to bring peace to the earth. No, the biblical concept is it's through the saving grace of Jesus Christ. You and I realize that we are sinners, that God had a plan to send his son. The triune God showed up here on this earth in a visible body and saved us. Through his shed blood, we have right standing with God. And through this right standing, there is peace in our lives. And as a body of people, there is peace that we can bring to the earth. The seculars will say, no, it's only in humans. We say it is in Jesus Christ, and then the body of Christ works towards peace. I'm going to get a workout today because i got to get this going. You know what I mean? You get what I'm saying? He's saying you can't forget this. The world will tell you it's something different. The world will tell you it's not through Jesus Christ. It's not through the shed blood. We can bring peace, right? Peace on earth. It's going to have peace and love, man. Psychedelic. 70s, man, was all about LSD. Pow, pow, pow. Give me a drug and I'm all peaceful. I'm off them drugs though and I want to serve self. That's human. If we're not careful, what we will do is we will put our faith in a power structure in order to bring about peace that we desire. That's not us. We say we put faith in our creator. Man, I'm spitting up here. Ah. I better back up, COVID in Jesus' name. <laughs> we put our faith in Jesus Christ, amen? Faith in Jesus Christ, and he brings peace to the world. He is the power structure. What happened early in, uh, let's see here, 30s, 40s? All it takes is one power structure to get out of alignment with truth. And all you got to do is show up to Washington and see the Holocaust Memorial. And you'll see the wages of sin. A hatred that poured all over the earth. That six million people of God's chosen people were killed and obliterated. 
where another 7 million, I think is what they believe, were killed in the process. 13 million total people at the hands of a powerful individual that had hatred inside of his heart for a group of people that he felt like were roaches inside of a society. He saw them at a young age. They, come, they came into a, a, a country. He felt like they only self-served and they, they were the scum of society. They ruined the culture. And because of that, he developed a hatred that then went towards a people and obliterated 13 million people in the process. If we're not careful as Christians, we will be calling for political power change. We want to see political power change because that's going to bring peace to the world. The peace comes through Jesus Christ. That is it. We want to elect officials that honor and respect God. We want to be active and engaged in the voting process because we want the truth of God's word lived out in our politicians that they would create policies in alignment with the righteousness of God so that this, in this kingdom that we live in, man, we can walk in the righteousness. We can lead people in the righteousness, that we can always be humble and submissive to the king and not to a person. Amen? Jesus is. He was, he is, and he will always be. The worst thing to be inside of life, you ever been here before in life, where you believe in the destination, you just disagree in the process to get there. Ever been there before? If you've ever been there with your wife and or your husband, it's the worst place. Or a friend. That is the worst place to be. Right? Or just kind of in parenting. You both agree on where you want your kids to wind up. You just disagree on how you get them there. Right? There's sometimes I'll say to my, my wife, like, if you just do this, then you get this outcome. Right, I, right now, I just, uh, I just finished a book called um, Boundaries for Kids. Incredible book. If you are having trouble with your kids, read the book. Okay? Henry Cloud is a believer. He teaches from godly principles that will empower you in order to develop your children. Okay? But I'm over here like, okay, I got some knowledge now, girl. If you would just do this, my wife's over like, I ain't got to hear none of that, okay? You know how many babies I delivered today? I delivered 11 babies. I brought them into this world. Now I'm just trying to exist and be mom to these kids. So back up, brother. I'm like, uh, yeah, but Henry Cloud says. She's like, back up with that Henry Cloud, okay? Back up. Right? The worst place to be in life is you agree on destination. You just disagree on the process. We all want peace on the earth. You can't get away from that. All of humanity wants peace on earth. We want everybody to be dignified and justified. We want everybody to be treated the same. Everybody, we want peace. We do. But we're Christians. We believe peace is in Jesus Christ in no other way. It is through Jesus Christ, and then we work towards peace on the earth. We can't allow a society, just like Paul is saying, don't forget it's through the shed blood of Jesus Christ that he is reconciling the earth. He reconciled you. And now he's reconciling the earth. It's through Jesus Christ. Man, the second thing I'll leave you with is this. How much time do I got? I know I've gone. What time is it? Oh, sorry. Was... All right, it's 10 on the money. Okay. All right, number two is this. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Okay, I didn't say this. I repeat, I'm repeating it. I didn't say this statement. I'm just repeating the statement. This is what Jesus has said, okay? When we get into the world and we say, hey, you know, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, somebody's like, well, that is just so narrow-minded. I mean, how can you think that? I mean, there's so many different ideas out there. How can you be so bigoted in your thinking that you would just think that there's one God and there's one Savior and there's only one way to eternal life? How could you think that? I'm like, I didn't say that. 
I'm just repeating it. <laughs> right? Anybody ever tried to kill the messenger before? You're like, I'll just the messenger. <laughs> Don't kill me. You know, it was him. <laughs> just keep doing that. It was Jesus to say, I'll. Right? I'm blameless. I'm blaming Jesus, you know. John 14. Jesus says this, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't matter what season you're living in, what world you're living in, the context in which Jesus is speaking, this is completely different than this context. We are aggressively moving in a direction that maybe this context is going to be a little bit more like that, contra- uh, that context. We read in Acts a couple months ago where it was like the Acts 2 believers were persecuted, them boys scattered because they were being killed in droves. Okay, that is not our existence today, but it's increasingly moving that direction. Right? So, not that we'll be killed in droves, okay? Not bring any panic and fear anybody here. It's like, oh, my God. I'm going to express my Second Amendment rights. I'm getting a gun today. No. But if you would like to, it is your right. Okay. I got plenty of them. All right, so there is more than enough room in my father. I definitely got some. Okay. Just throw that out there. From my personal perspective, um... Okay, so let me just move on. There is more than enough in, in my father's room. And this is, uh, if this were not so, uh, what I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you. When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And uh, you know uh, the way to where I am going. So you know the way. You know how to get to the heavenly father. You know a sacrifice is necessary to pay the penance of your sin, right? You know the way to get towards eternal life. He's saying, he's putting it out there very clear. Verse number five. No, we don't know the Lord. Uh, Thomas said, we have no idea where you are going. So how can we know the way? Jesus is like, uh, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. He's making some bold claims. I am God. (laughs) That's some bold claims. I'm just throwing it. I mean, that's some bold claims. I am the way, the truth, and the life. You should know the Father. You have seen me. You've seen the Father because you've seen me. From now on, stop giving me excuses that you don't know. Okay, the worst thing your kids can do is say, I don't know. You're like, yes, you do. I told you like 10 times, okay? (laughs) You should know then, right? You've seen it. You should know. So Jesus is getting a little frustrated. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and we will, we will be satisfied. Give us, give us something more. We'll be satisfied if we can see him in bodily form. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? Now, here's the key. The words I speak are not my own. But my father who lives in me does his work through me. Come on, what is Jesus doing here? Don't kill the messenger. (laughs) Jesus is doing the same thing. Hey, I'm just speaking to you. The words that God has given me, this is what God has called me to do. This is God's plan for humanity. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. You have seen the father through me. Hey, I'm just giving you what God has given me. I'm just giving you who God is, what God's plan is. He says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. 
If you believe this, he's saying, man, if you can come to a grasp to realize that I'm the way, the truth, and the life, that God has sent me, that you can see God through me, if you can believe this, you can do greater things than I can do here on this earth, or I will do on this earth. Now, many of us step back and we're like, whoa, 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 Jesus did a lot. He did do a lot. He gave his life and he saved the world, and peace and reconciliation is coming through him and only him alone. But the beauty of the body of Christ is through this reconciliation, the shed blood of Jesus Christ, being saved and redeemed, coming to this place of uh, uh, undeserved privilege and peace inside of our lives, we now can move in a direction to bring peace here on this earth. And that just isn't happening in the Middle East where Jerusalem is, where Jesus was at. That's happening all over the world now because the body of Christ does not exist in just one place. It's happening all over the place. So what Jesus is saying, hey, greater you will do, you will do, because I was central. I was in one place with 12 people, and then I had my 70 people. Man, we were doing incredible things. But from here, you guys are going into the world, and you're doing greater. Far more all over the world than maybe even I. And Jesus would say, you just ask. And man, see these incredible things that can happen. We are God's plan. When he says it in here, I love this, this, the way it's said inside of here. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. I'm going back up to nine. This is what our 10, this is what I wanted you to hear. The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. The key thing I want you to hear inside of here is God is working through us. If we believe, we can see the power of God at work inside of our lives. If we believe, we can be light into a dark and broken world. If we believe, his work in us can work through us. God was working in Jesus, and he worked through Jesus. Jesus working in us can work through us. And through us, the world can be changed. Through us, the world can be changed. Now, I want everybody to... Right now, just go ahead. If you got an iPhone, just turn on your iPhone light. Just turn on your iPhone light. Come on, everybody pull your phones out. I want everybody, just, if you got a phone that has a light on it, turn your light on, okay? If you got 5% battery, this, this is going to be so good. <laughs> it's worth you losing connection with the world. You know, this time right here, if your battery dies, there's something of a corrupt nature of somebody out there that's trying to undermine your peace in your life, and now you're going to remove yourself from the opportunity because you engaged in this moment right now, and your battery died. No, let's leave the lights on. Leave the lights completely on. Now, I'll tell you, there's a little more light in here, and it's looking good. But here, here, here's what's going on. The infrastructure in this atmosphere, we already have the lights on. If you turn your light on or you don't turn your light on, does nothing for anybody else around you. We already got you covered. We already paid the light bills. Well, your tithes and offering, my tithes and offering paid the light bills. That's the body of Christ. Amen. That's why we talk about owners in here. Owners are building this house, right? It doesn't just happen, right? We don't bam and just, hey, hey, hey. We faithfully give. Amen. We pay the light bills. We're operating in faithfulness that created an infrastructure. You walk in these doors, you're going to see clearly. <laughs> you're not tripping over anything. You don't have any problems, right? You're good. The infrastructure is here. Now, immediately when we turn these lights off, turn the structure, completely cut the lights off completely. In here, completely cut them off. Turn off these lights. I don't want to see myself. 
The power of your light now means something different when the infrastructure, the oversight is off. Now this means something. It matters if you have that light. If you don't have your light on and somebody walks inside of this room, somebody's going to be tripping, somebody's going to bust their head, and more than likely we're going to have a lawsuit on our hands. Lord knows in this society today we're going to have a lawsuit on our hands. <laughs> right? People are tripping over each other, falling over each other. And here's where we're at as a society. For years, Judeo-Christian principles have provided the infrastructure for our country. Whether you turned your light on or didn't turn your light on, our country already had it covered. We may not have been perfect. That's not what I'm here to say. Oh, we're perfect. America is perfect. But you show up in any other country, you will see the beauty of this country. If you travel anywhere else inside of the world, you'll see the beauty inside of America. Okay, I've been multiple different places inside of the world. There is no better place to live than America. Just talk to somebody that has traveled around the world. This is the safest, most free place upon, upon the face of the earth. I've been to some rough places. So our country has created the infrastructure of the peace in which we exist in, where you and I, we don't have to stand up for what we believe in. We don't have to. It doesn't matter if you turn your light on or not. They got us. But unfortunately, the world in which we live in, because we have not taken care over this, We've allowed the lights to go off on our country. And today, your light, your light is more important than ever in the history of this country. And maybe I would say ever in this world. Ever. We can't just stand by and say, well, I don't know, maybe we'll turn our light on today or maybe we won't. Well, these people are going to be offended if we turn our light on and say, Jesus is Lord, and there's only one way to, I don't know, we don't want to turn that on. No, 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 no. What I think can happen, though, is if we get some boldness and some, and some courage on the inside of our lives, and we say, you know what? We're not, going to, we're not going out to offend anybody. We're going out to speak truth and love. We're going out to live out Jesus and his principles. We want to live here on this earth to operate in the righteousness of God, and we want to hold that line. We want to be a light to a broken world. We want to be individuals that shine the love of Jesus everywhere we go so that in this world, people won't be tripping all over the place because we got our lights on. We're individuals that's creating an opportunity. If our country's not going to do it, if the powers that be aren't going to do it, then the body of Christ is. Yeah. And this is our opportunity. You know, and I think what we can do, if we turn on our lights, then maybe the lights of this country will turn back on. Yeah. Maybe if we stand firm, the lights of this country, you can turn those lights back on. Maybe the lights will come back on inside of our country. Maybe we'll see the beauty of what the power of a people that are united a power of a people that love all people. See the value and the qualities in all people. As Martin Luther King said, that we're all created, right, in the beauty of our creator. So number three, if you want to write it down, no matter the times, our light should always shine. No matter the times, our light should always shine. The second message that I 
or the first message that I preached inside of our church was after Matthew, Matthew 16, verse number 16. Since Simon Peter said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of G, uh, John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any other human. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which, is, uh, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be for, forbidden on heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven the first message i preached inside of here that you and i living not forgetting always knowing that jesus christ is the answer he is the savior he is the messiah you can't get around that if you are a believer and when you know that jesus says if you live that if you believe that, then the gates of hell, the powers that be in the dark realm will not prevail against us. We are the body of Christ. God has called us in this generation to shine our lights. You know, you think about it, it took the Acts 2 church. I heard a friend of mine speak last week and he said, you know, it took the Acts 2 church in a Roman empire to stand up against the Roman powers that be. To say we serve Jesus, not Caesar, we serve Jesus. There is no other Lord. There is no other God. There is no other above him. It's Jesus Christ. And he made this statement. I said, man, this is so profound. He said, it's going to take a generation right now in this time in history to stand up in the American empire. The American empire exists around the world. We police the world. Somebody acts up on the other side of this world the military of America in its strength is getting these individuals to stand down for the human dignity that may exist in a place that somebody does not care about them. Okay? This is an empire we live in. I don't think, we don't think about it as an empire, but that Roman empire was the most powerful empire at that moment in time, and it took Christians to stand up in that time to say, you know what, Jesus Christ is Lord. We're not going to serve Caesar. We serve Jesus and Jesus alone. And it's going to take this generation to say, we're standing up in the American empire and we're standing for Jesus Christ. We serve nobody else. We don't serve a political party. We don't serve an ideology. We serve Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. We look at the world through a biblical perspective. We understand everything becomes clear because we know the truth of God's word. We won't fall victim to the lie of this world, the enemy, the devil that controls this world, the minds of the people that are operating in darkness. We will always be people to stand up for light. That is who we are going to be. Matthew 13, Jesus was run out of his town because the people that knew him best did not believe that he was Savior. And Jesus said, I got a dip and I can only perform a few miracles because they don't believe. I'm praying that we have a people inside of here, that we are the body of Christ, that we are not lacking any type of belief to see God do the miraculous inside of our society. Secular humanists say there is no miraculous that can happen. There is no supernatural, but you and I completely know God operates in the supernatural. He can do anything at any moment in time. He can change and transform. He can heal and restore. That's what God can do. He is the supernatural. He operates in the supernatural. He is at work in things that we cannot see. He's always at work behind the the scenes inside of our life. He is operating in the supernatural. But our belief, our belief today, I pray that we're a church, Pearl Street Church, that we believe that Jesus is the Savior, Messiah, and because of that, he can do the miraculous right here inside of this place. As we sang earlier, the ground may be shaken, 
We may be in the fire, but there's somebody else in here with us. Who is it? Jesus is in the fire with us. The Holy Spirit is with us. We're in the middle of it. Let's stand up to our feet here today, and we're just going to spend some time here. Just sitting in this place to say, Adam, I don't know if you're in here and you're like, dude, I, I've been so intimidated by the culture in which we live in that I don't know if I can say Jesus is Lord. And you know what? I'm just, I'm on shifty ground. I just don't know about all of this. I mean, there's so many good ideas out there. And maybe you're in a place today where you're compromising on the solidity of your faith. You're sitting here like, I just don't know. Jesus is like, no, 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 no. I am the Savior. I am the Messiah. If you believe that, then let's start working in a place towards righteousness. Let's keep on living out righteousness. Let's not back down in fear. Know that I am God, that it's in the Holy Spirit to be with you. And now that you got the Holy Spirit, the power that raised Christ from the dead lives on the inside of you. What should you fear? You have nothing to fear. Jesus, the power of God, is living on the inside of you. So if your ground is shaking, and maybe the ground's shaking inside of our country today, I say let it shake. Because I tell you this, God wants to move, God will move. If this ground is shaking, Jesus will stabilize it. I don't care. The ground can shake, the fires can come, but we're on solid ground. Christ is the cornerstone of our faith, and we are a part of the body of Christ. We're united in the redemptive work of Jesus here on this earth. Come on, can we sing it out here today? There is another in our fire here today. Come on. It was so good to have you tuned in right here today for this message. I pray that you are encouraged and you are strengthened inside of your faith. Man, you are confident here today in, in accomplishing what God has laid out for you to do as a believer, whatever sphere of influence that you are in. I pray that you are ready to get it done. Now, our kids experience is coming up next. Make sure you jump online, get your kids around. They'll be encouraged to get ready for their week. Outside of that, keep on making a difference in the world in which God has destined you to lead in. Have a great week.